Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's the biggest weekend in Victorian harness racing. The big uh, two-night extravaganza out at uh, Melton on Friday and Saturday night. Tomorrow night, we've got the great Southern Star where these superstar horses will go around twice in a night. So races two and three are heats of the great Southern Star. And then the uh, the top five, I think it is, from each heat go through to the final, which will be run uh, uh, a little bit later in the evening, about five past ten and then we've got the Hunter Cup, Victoria's biggest pacing race on the Saturday night. A man who's going to be central to a lot of it, particularly when it comes to the great Southern Star. He's had a couple of winners in the race over the past few years. His name is Andy Gaff. He's been good enough to jump on the line. Andy, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Josh. Uh, how are you feeling about it all? It's um, a lot of the work's done. Your horses have done all their work. Uh, how are you feeling going into such a big weekend of racing for, for, for the stable, but for the state? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's a pretty unique race, obviously, racing um, twice in the day, or I hope to anyway, hope to qualify. So, um, <laughs> again, um, yeah, it's been a good race to me over the years, and, you yeah, know, I always look forward to it every year. You sort of get challenges. The trainer and the driver gets challenged as well, and so does the horse. So, um, so yeah, so both my horses are in pretty good order, so um, see what evolves on Friday night. Now, just talk to us. You know, a lot of people listening won't be familiar with with um, with harness racing in the t- in the fact that these horses are so durable, they're so tough, they're so resilient. You know, a, a galloper, particularly a staying galloper, needs to. Some of them might race six, seven times a year. We see uh, see these Melbourne Cup horses, and they come in, and they've only raced twice in the year. These horses, uh, as you said, hopefully, if you get through, going to race twice in a night. Just talk to us about the the real toughness and the resilience and the unique um, aspect to to the standard breads. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, we've just been through an Inter-Minion series as well where they race four times in a fortnight, so it just shows you how tough and resilient they, they are and, you know, what type of workload they can cop. So uh, um, a lot of these horses probably not new to them because a lot of people probably train them now two heats uh, at home, so they're used to working twice a day uh, on their fast work days. So uh, racing twice a day is probably not the end of the world for them. Um, you know, over the period of time, there's been some horses that haven't backed up in the in the final that you know perform well in the in the heat. So um, you know you don't know until you actually have the horse in it. Uh, Majeshua, I was fortunate enough last year to win it, and he's probably a horse. If you asked me 18 months ago, would he be the type of horse to be able to do it? I, I'd say no because he didn't have a very good constitution. But as he's got older and matured, he, he sort of has developed a lot in that aspect. So um, yeah, it's a pretty unique race, and hopefully um, the first three are guaranteed to get in, and it's the next four fastest horses individual time so you can effectively run seventh in a race in a heat and still get in so um so it's sort of um it's pretty tricky to qualify if you're not in the top three anyway so it's 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 a it's a race where you know you say a lot of trainers do uh train their horses in this facet what will you do with the horse in between 
think there's probably going to be around three or four hours in between. So, you know, all things going well with, with, with Majestuoso. What, what, what will you do with him in between? Will you leave him alone? Will he get to have a drink of water? Will he have something to eat? What will you do with him in between to ensure he's ready to go uh, for the final at five past ten? Yeah, everyone's different, obviously, with their own horses, and everyone does things different. Um, I know last year with him, it was quite warm, so it's not going to be warm um, tomorrow, and it's going to be quite cold, actually. So you'll find they'll recover a lot quicker because it's not quite as hot. But first thing is you want him is to cool down and recover. And last year, we sort of gave him a bit of a walk and let him cool down and sort of just get his body temperature back to normal. Then um, I virtually just left him alone. Uh, he's quite a nervous horse, but he just sort of likes his own space and just sort of left him there. Let, let him drink as much as he wanted to after the race. And I did let him, uh, I did bring a feed with him and let him eat a little bit. He didn't eat that much, whereas um, I think the other horse, Tornado Valley, qualified. <laughs> he sort of hoed into it. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're all a little bit different. Um, a lot of people walk them a lot and try and get the lactic acid out of their system, but I tend to find it just dissipates anyway after an hour or so. Um, it just depends on the type of horse you've got, but I, I, I generally like to leave him alone as long as I can and just think that's another race for him and just let him relax. We're speaking to Andy Gath. He's with us for Harness Racing's Summer of Glory. Visit thetrots.com.au. Andy, did the sport miss a, miss a trick not giving catch a wave a start in the Hunter Cup? I know it's a, a it's been a big point of conjecture across the industry, but... You know, generally speaking, and I know it might be a bit tricky for you because you train the horse, but do you think we need to be more open in harness racing when it comes to, um, you know, putting horses in races that will, you know, they need to have done enough, but, you know, that have that are going to ignite a bit of excitement and a bit of chatter about the sport? Yeah, I think so. It's been an opportunity miss, um, not because it's my own horse, but going on the process they go through, which have been doing the same for years, who's probably never going to get in. So saying that, a horse like Captain Ravishin, who's the most exciting horse in Australasia, he's favoured for the Miracle Mile. He wouldn't have got a run in the Hunter Cup based on what he's done. So, you know, even maybe Ladies in Red, she's never raced in open class company. She's only raced her own sex and her own age group. So she probably wouldn't have got in either. So, you know, I thought it was an opportunity to put the, you know, sort of line in the sand um, and say, well, from now on, we're going to pick the most exciting and best field available at the time. And But it unfortunately didn't happen. Um, it's not the end of the world for me. Um, he's going around Saturday night, obviously, in a lesser race. But, um, yeah, again, he's an exciting horse going forward. But, again, a lot of these opportunities have been missed in the past and just unfortunate they've been missed again. Yeah, agree. Probably got to move with the times a little bit and help the sport help itself. Uh, I know you're a great uh, student of the game, even when you don't necessarily have runners in the races. The big uh, Delray National AG Hunter Cup, it's our biggest pacing race Half a million dollars on the line. It's a it's a tricky race on paper. Of course, copy that. The uh, reigning back to back New Zealand Cup champ. We saw him at Ballarat. He was outstanding when he when he found the front. And if he finds the lead here, it'll be hard to beat. But this looks a, a race where you know you could probably throw up six or seven winning chances. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, if copy that finds the lead, he's going to be awfully hard to beat. Uh, if he doesn't, it's going to be quite difficult for him. Fishy uh, would show over the last few seasons anyway, the longer the race, the harder it is to win off the fence. And we saw Dante Minion the three on the fence and one, two, three. And a lot of our big races over to the longer distance, that's been the case too. So, um, yeah, no, it's a pretty even race. Obviously, you know, there's a few horses probably a little bit out of form in it with a few question marks on them. But uh, copy that was, he was afforded the lead at Ballarat and he won quite easily in the end. So he's definitely the one to beat. Spirit of St. Louis obviously got the draw to be 
you know, hard to beat. And, you know, Hurricane Harley's going to be on the fence as well. And it depends what Luke does with um, Spencer Vigo too, whether he, if you think Spirit of St. Louis is going to hold, hold up, he probably just might dive three fence himself with him and he probably becomes a winning hope then. It's a, it's a, it's been an interesting time for harness racing. I think the sport flourished a fair bit during COVID. Were one of the rare sports that didn't have to shut down at any stage. I think you know, only one or two days of racing was missed due to the due to the pandemic. So, how have you seen the sport really grow and come on? And we're seeing you know, great coverage across racing dot com uh, this weekend. We saw it through the Inter Dominion, big crowds, record turnover. So, how have you sp- uh, seen the sport of harness racing improve over the past? three or four years? Yeah, there's no doubt we're on an upward spiral. I think we are. I think the product's really strong. We've got plenty of uh, great horses coming through. Um, we've got some great trainers, uh, um, especially a lot of young great trainers coming through as well and a lot of great young drivers and, you know, and again, the female in the sport, that they sort of dominate as well. So, yeah, no, I think uh, sports in a really healthy place. Um, we're getting fantastic coverage on our big nights all across all the platforms, whether it's yeah TV, radio, or, or print media. You know, it's been fantastic, and um, you know we've sort of become a lot more relevant again. And again, uh, shows like SEN and everything um, sort of showcase our, our trotting a fair bit as well. So um, yeah, no, I think we're in pretty good space. We've got to keep going and keep pushing, but um, yeah, hopefully. Um, you know, we're heading the right way, and I think we're, we're doing all the right things that we are. It's Kate, your wife, uh, Kate Gath, the champion driver, premiership-winning driver. She got her next marathon planned. I know she, she enjoys her marathon running as much as she does driving winners. Has she got her next marathon uh, mapped out? I think she has. I think um, she doesn't really tell me, but I think she's <laughs> eyeing off the Boston Marathon. And my main owner, Norm Jenkins, who lives at the Gold Coast, he said, oh, Kate rang up, wanted to stay here in the middle of winter. And I checked, and I think the Gold Coast Marathon must be. <laughs> so, so I think the Gold Coast Marathon's the next next crack at one. And then I think, um, you know, she probably wants to have a go at the Boston Marathon. So, um, yeah, uh, takes a lot of training and effort to um, running marathons. And, yeah, luckily she's got a good boss that so she can find some spare time to do it. <laughs> well, she told me she was a boss, Andy. So uh, good luck with that. And good luck with your stable star, Majestuoso, in the Great Southern Star tomorrow night. Hopefully he can uh, qualify his way through to the final draw a good barrier and go back-to-back. That would be uh, something pretty special for you and the team. No, thanks a lot, Josh.